everybody. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Arm Day Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. Thanks for joining me today. On today's show, it's going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, I was kind of down for the count with a pretty bad cold all last week, so I didn't really get to do the type of prep and stuff that I like to do for the show, what little of it there is. Um, what we'll do today, I did get an email uh, shortly after our um, I posted the last show, which was show number four, and I got a listener review from Rick in Washington, and he did his review on the Safe Packer. So we'll go over some of Rick's points in his email. He makes a lot of actually really good points in there. Uh, and this is the type of thing that you know that I would like to get is if you have something, uh, or and again, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be on something that that I've reviewed or gone over. If you have something that's similar, or if you have a holster that you really like, and it does, uh, go ahead and send in the review. And it doesn't have to be firearms related. You know, you can do a review on, uh, like we've talked about before, pretty much on anything. And a good example of that is, you know, if we're not doing a product review, I had done like a little mini review on Alien versus Predator Requiem. So if you have a favorite movie that you like, you know, I don't care. Go ahead and send in an MP3 and and uh, do a movie review you know if it's something that you think that people would enjoy or like i did i said well this movie isn't that great but if you just fast forward it through all the sort of the teen angst crap it turns out to be it's it's a kind of a fun little action movie uh, you just sort of turn your brain off and fast forward through the boring parts and it's fine so again i'm not particular about what you want to review it on if you do it on a product though something let's say like if you're going to do it on a on a camp axe or uh, a knife. Uh, so let's say if you wanted to do it on a frost mora knife, or if you wanted to do it on uh, what are they called? Uh, well, there's Wetterling axes. There's uh, Grand Grand Fours Brooks, something like that. I think Grand Grand Fours Brooks, which is I think I think they're both Swedish. I and I could be wrong. Uh, I know the Grand Fours is, or at least I think they are. I probably shouldn't say that. I know for sure. But anyway, um, if you are going to do a review on a product, just try and, and stick with some of the criteria that we have uh, set up in other shows. And you may say, well, that's awesome, but I don't know what the criteria are. This is the first time I've listened to the show. So what we'll do is I'll just go over kind of what the, the, the criteria are. What we want to look at is, and the questions that we want to ask about uh, any product that we review is, number one, what was this thing designed to do? And then number two, how well does it do that thing? Number three, what's bad about it? Or you can say, you know, what are some of the cons, you know, type thing. Uh, number four, what are some of the modifications or some modifications that I would like to see made by the manufacturer to make the product better? And then number five is kind of a two-part thing is... What are the modifications that I did, if I did any at all? And then part B to that is, if I did do a modification to make it better, did it actually do that or did it ruin it? So again, if we kind of just stick to those things, and one of the reasons why I want to stick with that is it'll give us consistency over the long haul and we'll always be able to kind of, not necessarily compare apples to apples, but all our, all our review criteria and our format for doing the reviews will always be the same. 
Let's go ahead and get some of the contact information out of the way. If you want to contact me, send an email or an MP3. If you've done a review or you have an idea for a review, uh, you can always do that at thearmedape at gmail.com. Again, that's thearmedape at gmail.com, and that's all one word. And if you send in an email or an MP3, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you've done a review. You can always contact me and say, That is awesome! Or you might want to say, Ah, what a douche. Either way, I'll be happy to hear from you. Alright, let's go ahead and get started. And like I said before, we had an email from uh, Rick, and he's from Washington. And he wrote in, and he was saying that in the first part of his email, that he was at a loss as to why someone would be, would write into a podcaster and not just me or some or somebody that has a blog and be super critical because he's saying you can learn a lot from podcasts and blogs uh, and he says and I'll actually kind of quote him here I believe it would be okay to express your opinion but if you don't like it you move on then he says keep up the good work and now let's get into the um, body of Rick's review on the safe packer and he says my main reason for this email is to add my two cents on the safe packer I've had mine now for 18 months, and he has the safe packer for the Smith & Wesson J-Frame, and it's the one that has the uh, 2 and 1 8 inch barrel. So the first question, what was it designed to do? And Rick writes, I don't believe this was designed strictly as a holster. I believe the website says it came about because of the need to have a secure place to store a gun for search and rescue teams. I wear it on my belt behind my right hip belt loop. It doesn't get in the way when I bend over. True, it's not the quickest draw. Most people that see it don't even question what it is. I have a big concern of exposing my gun when working in the public eye because I am in tourist areas. I hang keys on the carabiner clip, which helps it look less likely that I have a gun. I also use it when I'm riding my motorcycle. I can store it in my saddlebags when I can't take my gun in an establishment with me. Note my leather jacket has a gun pocket. Great for the bedside use as you explained earlier. This is especially nice if you're traveling. I use the two speed strips with it because they are more trim and flat. One speed strip and cash in the velcro pocket and the second with my gun. The case helps keep my gun clean. I haven't used it much for the hand or shoulder carry. On an auto trip, I used it on the seat belt for easy access. Then he writes about shortcomings. He says it can be awkward with some jackets and it is slow to draw. And then on the changes from the company or modifications he'd like to see from the company, I think for the 2 and 1 8 inch barrel, I wished I would have gotten the one inch longer one, and this would allow for the top flap to close better. And this next section is do I did any, yeah, excuse me. In the next section, did I do any modification? None planned at this time. I'm very happy with my purchase and would recommend it uh, to anyone with the same needs. So let's go over a couple of things that uh, Rick has said in his email. First, thanks so much, Rick, for writing in and doing a review. I appreciate it. I think a lot of people will uh, be able to get some uh, some good stuff out of there. And again, these are coming from the reviews are coming from people that have bought this. We're not representatives of the company, uh, anything like that. 
he had mentioned that most people don't even kind of question what it is. And because his his case is going to be a little smaller than the one that I have. And again, I have the one for a full-size Glock. And he has one for a small J-frame. So basically, for those of you guys that don't know what a J-frame is, it's, uh, it's like a snub-nosed revolver. So it's a real short little barrel. It's a small little revolver. And that's one of the things that I thought, too, is if my case were just a little bit smaller, and it wouldn't have to be that much smaller, but just a little bit smaller, that it wouldn't be as conspicuous. And then he makes a good point about how he hangs his keys on the carabiner clip. And I do that too sometimes. And again, with mine, it was just to kind of help disguise it a little bit. Uh, but again, like he says, most people don't notice it. And I think it would be even more so uh, with a little bit smaller case. And even with mine, if I've got kind of a bigger, looser shirt that I can kind of drape over, if I have it, I've been in the mall with it a couple of times and had it on my on my belt. And the shirt kind of covers up most of it, but you have a, a big part of it kind of sticks out from the bottom, probably about an inch and a half or so, depending on the length of the shirt that I'm wearing. And it's not so much the length of it that's sticking out, but it's on mine, it's, it's so wide. So on his, I would think that especially, you know, with a shirt over it or something like that, and even if he's kind of bending over or moving around to pick something up or to move something on a shelf, that type of thing, it's just not going to draw the attention. Also, with the smaller one, I think if he did have it in his hand, again, it's not going to it's not going to be so big and bulky. He also talks about speed speed strips, and in a revolver, you you don't have a magazine or you don't have anything that the ammunition is held in, and so a lot of times you have these little plastic uh, strips or clips. And you can put the um, you can you can put the individual rounds of ammunition in those, and they kind of look like a, like like a little piece of kind of flexible plastic or rubber, and then it's got little holes in it, and then the back part of the ammunition, so the back the the end opposite of the bullet, fits into there, kind of wedges and fits into there, and then what that allows you to do is you can access using those strips, and all the um, the ammunition isn't loose and rolling around in your pocket, so it's easier for you to go ahead and put them in. They also have a thing called a speed loader. And what that looks like is uh, on a revolver, of course, you have the cylinder. And the speed loader is like a real short kind of cut down, almost like a little mini cylinder, if you want to think of it that way. And some may ask, well, why wouldn't he just use one of those in his uh, safe packer? And the reason why is it's too bulky. It's a little too, it's uh, because it is kind of a, like, a, like I said, like a cut down cylinder. It's too bulky to really fit in there very well. So that's why he uses the, the speed strips. And that's why if I was carrying a revolver, I would use the speed strips as well. Uh, let's see. He also talks about, um, it does keep the, the thing clean. Like he said, it can be awkward with some jackets. One of the things I did find that was interesting was that even though the safe packer that he got was the one that was designed for that gun, for him it seems like it would work a little better if he just got the one inch longer one. And sometimes they'll, uh, they, they'll call it a plus one on their website and it just gives you a little bit more room inside the case. But that's interesting. I would have thought on the smaller ones that that wouldn't have been that big a deal. So anyway, again, thanks a lot, Rick, for sending in your uh, review. I appreciate it. And if any of you guys have any questions, 
you can go ahead and email me those and send them in. Or, again, if if you're listening to this show and it's been six months since the uh, the episode has come out and you've just recently purchased one or you've had one or you're new to the show, go ahead and send them in. You know, I, There's really no expiration date or timeline I want to stick with as far as as doing the reviews or anything like that. Uh-oh, uh-oh, what's that music I hear? That's right, it's time to pimp some of our friends and my fellow podcasters. First, I'd like to invite you guys to listen to my other podcast, which is Firearms Cafe, and that deals primarily with Second Amendment issues and Second Amendment philosophies. Uh, There's another really good podcast, and not just because I'm part of it, but it's one that I've been listening to for a long time, and that is the Practical Defense Podcast, and that's done by Alex Haddix. And uh, a little bit of shameless self-promotion, I'm I'm doing a... uh, on a segment over there for his show and it's something that I think hopefully maybe it's going to be about every couple of weeks so maybe about uh, twice a month it may end up being sometimes only once a month just depending on kind of what my schedule is and what I can get over to him also it's going to depend on quite frankly whether some of his listeners like it or not Um, if they do that's great if they don't you know eh, you know it was fun while it lasted, and I tell you, I was really flattered to be asked by him to be part of his show. I think he has a real good quality show. So again, that's Alex Haddix. His podcast is um, the Practical Defense Podcast, and you can find him over on iTunes, uh, or you can also go over to um, Gun Rights Radio Network, which I'm a member of, uh, and again, this show is not a member of that. Um, this is kind of my own deal that I'm doing here separate from them. Now, I talked about earlier, if you want to do movie reviews, things like that. So speaking of some of the movie uh, podcasts that I like, last week I played the promo for Mike and Sam over at Cadaver Lab. So check those guys out. Um, They're doing a new thing, or relatively new, I guess, where they're having listeners will watch a movie and then they'll do kind of a, a running commentary track and then the people that do them all send this over to another dude named Ferguson and then he puts them all together and he kind of picks and chooses and gets the cream of the crop. Uh, And what it does is it makes movies that are basically horseshit and really hard to watch. You can watch them and you can uh, put on your uh, MP3 player, your iPod or your Zoom player or whatever and then you can watch those crummy movies either through Netflix or you know on demand or on your cable box however you're going to do it but you can watch them and then you can have that commentary and it makes movies that are just terrible it makes them watchable it makes them a lot of fun so again check the guys out over at cadaver lab uh, and that's mike and sam again it's the cadaver lab horror podcast and you can find them in itunes or if you just google cadaver lab they come up uh, there's a couple other shows that i really like uh, again i talked last week about um, b movie cast which is done by a guy named vince Rotolo. Uh, and he's got a co-host, which is a guy named Nick Brown. They do a really good job, uh, as you would guess from the title. It's about B-movies. Um, so stuff ranging pretty much from the 40s. and Heck, there's even stuff from the 30s. They talk about some of Todd Browning's old films. Um, one of the ones they talked about not too long ago, I think they are going to do a, maybe they, I don't know if they've done a review on it yet or not. Uh, but I think they're going to maybe do one in the future is on the movie Freaks. Um, if anybody has ever seen that, you know, just even for this show, maybe drop me a line, let me know what you thought of it. There's Cheap and Dirty, uh, and all of these that I'm naming you can find easily in iTunes. Just type in the name. Uh, Dried Blood Podcast, um, 
There's one by uh, Andy Treffenbach, who does Destroy the Brain, which I really like. I've listened to him from pretty much the beginning of his show. Uh, so anyway, I think that's going to be about it for the pimp session. I don't think I've left anything out. Um, bup, bup, bup. Well, like I said, we're going to have kind of a short show today, so uh, this is going to be it. I will see you guys next week. Hopefully, I'll be able to do a little bit better prep. I think what I may do is some reviews on um, the movie Death Wish with Charles Bronson, and I think I'm going to compare and contrast that with the horrible, shitty remake that Jodie Foster did called The Brave One. And before we close out the show, what I thought I would do is go ahead and play the trailer for Death Wish. And this is the original one, the very first one. And this was, I think, released in 1974. And it stars Charles Bronson. And for those of you guys who maybe who don't know uh, what the movie is about and what the trailer kind of explains is you have a, kind of an everyman, an average guy in Charles Bronson. And then his wife and his daughter uh, who's I think in her 20s and is actually married um, they're attacked the wife is killed and the daughter's raped and and uh, all this other stuff so if you guys haven't seen it go ahead watch it and uh, I'd say even watch maybe Brave One uh, I didn't think that movie was that great but like I said we'll get in and talk more about that on the next show where I'll kind of do a compare and contrast because Brave One was basically a remake or what they would call a reimagining of the Death Wish movie. All right, so here is the trailer. Enjoy a typical afternoon in New York City. Who is it? Groceries, man. This is Paul Kersey. This is the story of a man who decided to clean up the most violent town in the world. Listen to Give me the money. He begins where all the super cops leave off. Bugging has gone down by how much, sir? 950 a week to 470 reported last week. You understand not so many people know that. And uh, you want to keep it that way, huh? Oh, no, we have to keep it that way, Inspector. This whole city would explode. And if this person is listening to my voice, I urge him in the name of law and order to desist from this one-man crusade and turn himself into the police. Let's see the money, man. Call him a mad vigilante. Call him a hero. Either way, he's always on target. We want you to get out of New York. Permanently. Never make 
a death wish. Because a death wish always comes true. And you get to love it. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Houdini! <laughs>